Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Welcome to Mission Mill Spouse, the podcast that's been by your side for 18 incredible years. From its roots as Army Wife Talk Radio, we've blossomed into a source of support for military spouses across every branch and component. I'm your host, our Director of Development, Chrissy Gibbs, and together with my co-host, Morgan Ingram, our content curator, we'll navigate the challenges and triumphs of military life, armed with resources, solidarity, and a dash of fun. This is episode number 1010. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy that you're joining us today. We do our best to be authentic because like many of you, we pursue progress over perfection by embracing the suck. We always have your back and are here to bring you the resources you need to thrive in your mill spouse life. On today's show, we're pumped to share an interview conducted by our deputy director, Jolene McNutt, as she chats with Brendan Dubner, the founder of Life Skills for Soldiers. This interview is going to be super helpful for soldiers and spouses alike. I can't wait to hear more, but before we get in too far, I want to check in and see how you're doing. What's new with you at your duty station? Well, I actually have family in town right now checking out my my duty station. I live here in Germany. And so it was a bit of a process to get them here. Obviously, everyone had to get passports and, you know, flights. But I am super excited to show them around. We're having a really good time. How are That's things great. going for you? Um, pretty good. I actually don't really have anything super exciting to share. This oh, come on. Around. Everyday stuff is super exciting. Yeah. Well, it's just been pretty much the same. I've fall is coming and I feel it and I'm so excited. And I've been, we're here in Virginia where I'm originally from. And so I get to see my family every single day because, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's pretty great. We're, um, we're only here for six months. So we're living in a camper and oh, I've done that before. Yeah. I love it so much. At first I was afraid. I was thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to be so tiny. Um, but I haven't once thought, man, I wish I just had more space. Um, I know it's like a blessing in disguise. You realize the things that you really need. Like, I mean, desperately you have to have a pot, you have to have a pan, whatever, but like, there's so many things you're like, oh, I could totally live without that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great. It's cozy and we have three dogs, so it's extra cozy. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yes. I'm really loving it. Are you going to be there through the winter? Yes. Well, until about like February. Okay. Are you concerned a little about the winter or no? Um, yes and no. (laughs) It's, I love winter and I am all about like bundles and layers and everything else. Uh, Yeah. But if it got too cold, we're, um, our camper is parked in the backyard of my parents' house. So <laughs> oh my gosh, you have it so If it gets so too good. cold, we'll just go to their house. <laughs> oh, you have it so easy. Yeah. We we chose to do it because we were going to be living in Florida and we just figured, well, winter is not really winter. So we don't have to right. worry too much about, yeah, the heat or anything in, in the RV. But it was honestly the best year of our lives. Like we, we had so much family time. We loved it so much. Oh, yeah. 
Well, one aspect of Mission Mill Spouse that truly resonates with me is the opportunity to transition our online dialogues into real life connections. So thank you so much for giving us a behind the scenes look at your Mill Spouse journey, Morgan. Okay, let's keep our programming rolling and welcome some of our other Mission Mill Spouse Command team members to the mic. Time to tune in to Amy with her Moxie Minute and then our top news stories from Emma. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hey there, Mission Mill Spouse fam. It's Amy Fisher here with your empowerment team and this week's Moxie Minute. And I'm going to say that this week it's for the teens. I just want to give you a heads up that on the next mini podcast, we're calling it Militeen's Word on the Street. And honestly, it's got some good stuff in it where I just walked up and started interviewing some everyday military teens to hear what they had to say about this lifestyle that they live. And I got to tell you, they are awesome. And resiliency gets tossed around, I think, a little too loosely with them. I want to call them like just resolute adapters because they move, they adapt, they make new friends, they do new things, they do the hard things, and they just keep moving forward. And it's not even because they want to, it's because usually they're getting dragged along with us. But this week, the mini podcast, tune in, hear what some of these kids have to say. And I would love to hear from you. If any other teens would love to share some of their thoughts or speak their mind, you know where to find us. It's missionmillspouse.org. You can hit up the empowerment team and we would get back to you. And that's it for now. Until next week, don't forget, Moxie is more than just a, a word or a crazy phrase. It's a lifestyle for us. No news is typically good news in this military life, except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy y'all and buckle up for this week's News 6 update. U.S. carrier heads to Israel. The USS Gerald R. Ford Carrier Strike Group headed to the Eastern Mediterranean this week to stand by to aid Israel after the horrifying Hamas attack on the country and the subsequent retaliation. The warships include the U.S. Navy aircraft carrier USS Gerald R. Ford, the Ticonderoga-class guided missile cruiser USS Normandy, as well as the Arleigh Burke-class guided missile destroyers USS Thomas Hudner, USS Ramage, USS Kearney, and USS Roosevelt. In addition, the United States government will be rapidly providing the Israel Defense Forces with additional equipment and resources, including munitions, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said. The first security assistance will begin moving today and arrive in the coming days. His statement continued, Strengthening our joint force posture, in addition to the material support that we will rapidly provide to Israel, underscores the United States' ironclad support for the Israel Defense Forces and the Israeli people. My team and I will continue to be in close contact with our Israeli counterparts to ensure they have what they need to protect their citizens and defend themselves against these heinous terrorist attacks. Israel officially declared war on Hamas this last Sunday the first time this conflict has led to war since 1973. Prayers for safety and a swift return for our American military service members and peace for Israel. Find out more at foxnews.com. May's marks anniversary for Marines. 
a pumpkin patch outside of Amarillo, Texas, chose an interesting theme for his corn maze this year. While other patches are paying homage to Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, they are marking the 40th anniversary of the tragic attack of Marines in Beirut. This attack, which happened during a peace mission, is rarely discussed but claimed the lives of 241 service members, 220 of those being Marines. Last year, the couple did a homage to the Doolittle Raid on Tokyo. Marine veteran Paul Doolittle, a relative of the namesake, saw this and was so touched he had to see for himself. While visiting, he requested this year's theme. He himself was a Marine stateside during the attack, and he has spent his life making sure his brothers are remembered. Every few years, he walks 273 miles around North Carolina, a mile for every Marine loss between 1981 and 1983. All those people, all the Marines and the sailors and the soldiers had a family, Doolittle told Marine Corps Times, and they shouldn't be the only people that remember. This is not about me, he said. It's about the 273. The Leonards, who owned the patch, made their maze feature a lonely sentry that marches the memorial to the attack in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and have all the names of those lost inscribed in the middle of the maze. I just hate for anybody to forget what all they did in the past, what all they did for us, Sean Leonard said. I know it's just a little blip on the radar of everybody that's ever sacrificed for us, but hopefully we can just kind of peck away at it every year. I owe them a debt of gratitude for this act of kindness I can never repay and know that we will be friends to the end as a result, Doolittle told Marine Corps Times. You can visit Leonard Farms in Canyon, Texas until Veterans Day. Senators seek answers from military housing for disabled family members. Several senators are demanding accountability and action from military housing when it comes to providing acceptable homes for disabled beneficiaries. There is a clear need for additional actions by the DOD, as well as oversight from Congress, in order to address concerns about the exceptional family member program raised by residents, surveys, government accountability office reports, and congressional investigations and testimony wrote Senators Elizabeth Warren, Democrat, Massachusetts, Tom Tillis, Republican, North Carolina, in their October 5th letter addressed to Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Warren chairs the Senate Armed Services Personnel Subcommittee. A major concern is how many members have had to pay out of pocket to make the homes work for their family member. A small online survey by the Military Housing Advocacy Network suggests that 20% have done so. The senators asked for specifics on a number of issues, such as housing waitlists for EFMP families, the number of ADA-compliant homes available at each installation, how many complaints have been received from EFMP families related to housing, what penalties housing companies face for not providing ADA-compliant housing, and how many penalties DOD has imposed over the past five years. The incremental improvements and continued oversight challenges makes the life of service members and their families difficult and raise questions about morale and readiness, which also impact retention, the senators wrote. We all know that military housing can be a bear to tackle, and it should not be harder for those who need a little extra help. Accountability is important, and we thank these senators for leading the charge. Today in History on October 16, 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis began. It would last for 13 days. It is considered the closest the world came to nuclear warfare during the Cold War. This was the day that JFK was made aware of satellite images of Soviet nuclear missiles on Cuba, a mere 90 miles away from the coast of Florida. 
Kennedy ordered a naval quarantine, stopping any boats going in and out of the nation and preventing any more missiles making it on the island. The word quarantine was carefully chosen because blockade would be considered an act of war. Almost two weeks of tense negotiations with the Soviets ended with the agreement for the Soviets to disable their nuclear weapons on the island in exchange that the U.S. would no longer try to overthrow the Cuban dictatorship. That's it for me. I'm Emma Tai with News 6, signing out. Thanks to our command team for going the extra mile to bring us these oh-so-encouraging and interesting sound bites each week. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll hear the interview with Brendan Dubner. We can't wait. Stay tuned. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Welcome Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Jolene McNett, your deputy director here at Mission Mill Spouse, and I'm excited to be bringing you today's episode that will empower and educate you. Today's guest is Brendan Dubner, founder of Life Skills for Soldiers, a nonprofit organization that aims to make it easy for military leaders to teach their troops money skills. Brendan is the founder of Life Skills for Soldiers, he has a passion for leveraging personal finance to better the lives of service members gained through his time on active duty as an Army Field Artillery Officer. Today, Brendan continues his service with the Army Reserve 75th Innovation Command. Brendan earned an MBA from Wharton School at University of Pennsylvania, where he served on the board of Veterans Club, acted as an admissions fellow, and played rugby. Brendan, welcome to the Mission Millskills podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right. I'm really excited to uh, talk about what you have going on. It's, I think, something that every service member can benefit from. And so let's dive in. Let's just start out by talking about um, the problem that Life Skills for Soldiers is addressing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Like you just said, uh, the problem we're addressing is is personal finance issues, money problems in the military. And I think anybody who's who's spent a day in the military knows that uh, there, there's a serious personal finance problem, you know, soldiers, Marines, sailors, airmen getting into money problems uh, that's affecting them. It's affecting their families and, and it's affecting their units and the military as a whole. And, and that's the problem that we we aim to address. And that is amazing. Um, I think you're right on the mark with it. And I think that's a gaping hole. I'm glad that Life Skills for Soldiers is here. Um, how do you address or how does Life Skills for Soldiers address this problem? So what we do is we train the trainer, right? We use tech to enable the train the trainer methodology. So whereas currently, you know, Department of Defense knows this is a problem. And what they do is, is they get contractors to come in and teach these large 100, 200 person classes. If you've been in the military, you've, you've seen it before. If you're a military spouse, you've probably at least heard of it. Maybe you've even been through it. Uh, and it's just it's just been shown to be ineffective or at least not as effective as as we believe train the trainer 
uh, can be. So what we use is we use technology. We target that leader, that E6 to O3. We get them trained up on whatever topic it is that they think their troops need, budgeting, investing, the TSP, how to buy a car, things like that. And in an hour or less, we can get them trained up on that topic. And then we give them all the materials they need, presentations, class notes, handouts, everything they need to quickly and effectively turn around and, and teach their people. And, and the reason we think that's more effective is, you know, train the trainers used for pretty much every facet of the military, right? When you're getting ready to do a physical fitness test, how are they training graders? Train the trainer. When you're, when you're getting ready to run a range, how are they training everybody? Train the trainer. Uh, so we think it's it, the most effective way to teach personal finance, because largely because not only is it used for so many other things, but because personal finance, at the end of the day, it's not it's not that hard. You, know, I, you could go Google pretty much everything you need right now. Uh, but the hard part of it is is the discipline and just just staying to to a plan. And we think the best way to enable that is to bring leaders in the loop, bring that that sergeant, that platoon leader, that whoever who sees their soldiers every day, who knows them very well, and who has a vested interest in them, you know, excelling. Bring them into the loop, help them build those habits, and uh, that's exactly you know how we address the problem. I am so excited about it that because, you know, it is those um, everyday leaders that are watching their their service members who are just checking in, who know what's going on in their lives. And I think that you're right on the mark with that. What an awesome way to um, just kind of like a grassroots moment or, you know, movement almost to really move in and help um, help service members from the ground up and within, you know, their day-to-day life, what's already happening. So why not, you know, why not add another layer of training into that um, already set up framework? I think that's super exciting. <laughs> I, um, I'd i love to know more kind of like, where did your inspiration come from in order to start Life Skills for Soldiers? How did it, how did it come about? So uh, like you mentioned in the intro, I, I was in the army. I was a, a, a platoon leader back at uh, what used to be called Fort Bragg, now Fort Liberty. And this was back in 2017. And uh, when I showed up, I was straight out of Bullock, straight out of the basic officer course. And my unit had just come back from a, a heavy combat deployment to Iraq, Afghanistan and Syria. And, uh, you know, I was I was a little intimidated, to say the least. I was, what, 21, 22 years old. I think six months before I was playing beer pong in college and now all of a sudden I was, you know, quote unquote, in charge of, of this platoon of, 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 of combat veterans. And, but, but quickly I saw that, you know, our biggest issues had nothing to do with, with the things I thought they would. It had nothing to do with funding or equipment or, or anything like that. It was always, always personnel issues. And when you dug into those 90, 95% of the time, had to do with some kind of money problem. Um, and, you know, fortunately I, I saw an opportunity in that, in that I don't, you know, I was the weird kid who, who at, you know, 10 years old asked for stocks for Christmas, right? Like the personal financing, the investing, the money stuff just has always, I've always naturally been drawn to it. So, you know, I knew a fair bit about it. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, 
I got with my platoon sergeant and we were like, hey, you know, we need to do something about this. We, we tried to use uh, the on-post resources. We tried to use the soldier support center, but they're really not set up for that. They're set up for, again, those big 100, 200 person class. Like, hey, you want to train your battalion? Yes, we can do that. We can get you guys in, in, the, in the chapel or the post theater and we can do a class. But that's what wasn't what we were looking for. We were looking for more personalized, smaller group stuff. And so, you know, there really wasn't any tools for that. So I was like, you know what, like, screw it. I I know a little bit about this. I, I will go out. I will do the research. I will kind of create the class, and I formatted it in a way where I do the, all the high level stuff, teach the concepts, and then my my sergeants, my section chiefs would sit down with their soldiers and actually go through their LES, go through their credit card statements, go through whatever the class was about, and create an action plan right then and there. So it wasn't just theory. It wasn't just like, oh, here's what the C fund is. Here's what the, the G fund is. No, it was like, okay, now you know a little bit about it. Now let's go into your TSP and let's get it set up. And, you know, it was... It, it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, not only was it, did it allow me as the platoon leader to, to show my, my troops that, you know, I cared and that I, you know, I, I was dedicated to the success of not only the team, but, but each of its members individually. It also gave my section chiefs an opportunity to do the same. And, and it, it just built a lot of platoon camaraderie. And we saw a 75% decrease in disciplinary issues. Like, pretty much overnight, a lot of those personnel issues were, you know, were kind of solved. Uh, and, and everything else, all of the things that had nothing to do with money that had to do with, you know, PMCSing our vehicles, or getting ready to go to the field or all the, the minutia of just, you know, operating became so much easier. So fast forward a couple of years, it's now 2019. I'm on post deployment leave. I, at this point, know I'm going to be getting out and, and going to business school. Um, and I was just reflecting on my time in and I thought, you know, Hey, like that was a really, that was, that was a big moment for me as, as an individual, as a leader, as you know, just in my military experience. And so originally the thought was, Hey, I'll just take these classes I, I've created and I'll just put them online. I'll, I'll fund it myself. I'll, I'll get a little, I'll get a 501c3 and I'll just get a, I'll fund a website and it'll just be up there and any, anybody can go and, and download it. So they don't have to, you know, recreate the wheel, but we got some attention. We got some money so we could get some software so we could track how users were interacting with the product. So we could iterate on the product and make it better. And, you know, so we got more attention, we got more money, we got a board, we got, I got access to some advisors who are researchers who are experts in the field. And, you know, it's just kind of snowballed from there. And, um, you know, where we're at now is we just finished, uh, we finished three pilots at this point. We're about to wrap up two more uh, with various army units, uh, special forces, the 101st um, and, and more. And, um, you know, we're seeing really, really strong results. It's really rocking and rolling. It is exciting to hear how you are. You took a, a something that you just implemented. I can't believe that you had like a 75% overnight improvement on your disciplinary issues like or personnel issues really just by setting in you know taking a look at some finance issues that is mind-boggling yeah. to me <laughs> just have to you drill know, down it, and like care for your person right it, and that's you know, and that's what the military always preaches right like take care of your people people first mission always right it's literally part of the slogan but you know i actually an example of this is a uh, i'll change the name for, for, for privacy of this person <laughs> but i had this private 
uh, I'll call him Private Luke. Uh, and, and Private Luke was kind of the stereotypical like soldier with a lot of young soldier, a lot of potential, but a lot of issues, right? He was right. he was strong, he was fit, he was smart, but he was getting in trouble almost every weekend. And <laughs> because you know, he was strong, he got smart, fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, partially. partially. <laughs> and, and then, but you know, he, he got kicked out of multiple platoons, and then went before he found himself in mine. And it was just kind of fortuitous timing. He, he joined the platoon like right as we were doing a budgeting class, and and when we did the budgeting class, you know, his his section chief went through his LES and his credit card statements and all that. And uh, not only did we find out that that he was broke, which you know we we could have guessed, uh, <laughs> but we figured out why. And it was the it was you know the silliest reason. It was because he was spending hundreds of dollars a month on the barracks vending machine, just mindlessly going, grabbing <laughs> some snacks, paying way too much for it. And you know when we you know that's such an easy problem to fix. That's an easy and, and it's, fix. It's so easy. And and that, you know, those few hundred dollars a month, they might as well have been millions of dollars in his eyes, right? It just, right. it relieves so much stress from him. And and it, I think what he really saw, which maybe he hadn't seen so much before was like, hey, like these people really care about me. They don't just care about mm. how good I am at PT. They don't just care about, you know, how good I am with my rifle. Like they care about me, like as a person, and from then on, it, Private Luke became one of my best soldiers. And he, like our first sergeant was like, I don't know what the hell you did, but like keep doing that, <laughs> you know? And and, and I, I think that's that's the power of this is it's really not that hard, but it goes like that little bit of effort goes so, so far with not only the individual, but also on the money side. Uh, if you start budgeting early, if you start investing early, if you, you know, they always say even the best investors of all time say it's all about time in the market, not time timing the market. If you can just get these things started, just get it set. And most of them you can set and forget and you'll be so, so, so much better off. It's, it's amazing. I, um, I, well, okay. I'm not going to get into my personal, but I think that it's such a great, um, way to like, it's those little things that make the big difference. Um, okay. I'm going to switch gears because I think we are already kind of leading this way. We already talked a little bit about leaders. I would love to little, know a little bit more of your thought process behind using military leaders to solve the military's personal finance problem. Um, and also like, why don't military leaders teach their troops money skills right now? Why aren't they doing it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think, well, just to reiterate, you know, I think military leaders are the best people to use because uh, they're already there. They're in the chain of command. They already have relationships with their troops. They have a vested interest in their troops doing well in all facets of their life. And and in the military, you know, this isn't a, a corporate job. This is this is you know a totally different employee employer relationship right you build real when you're in the field for week when you're on deployments <laughs> with these people you build real relationships um so you know these people care uh and they're they've already proven to some degree that they are capable right if if you are an nco or an officer especially if you're kind of like the e6 to 03 grade like you've proven you have at least potential, right? You are right. coachable, you are teachable, you are trainable. Uh, so they're already there and they already have the relationships. And, you know, I think more military leaders want to do this. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, in the military, especially in the army, you know, these leaders are the most burdened people in, in the military, right? They are right. everything, as, as the saying goes, you know, everything, uh, 
things roll downhill, right? And then <laughs> the buck really stops at, at that at that first line leader. And so they just they just have too much on their plates most of the time. They want to do it. And so that's our whole model is around how do we make it as easy and efficient as possible for these people to be able to do it. That's why we you know, tailor everything to junior military audiences. That's why we we build all our courses in a very specific way. That's why we provide all the presentations, all the materials, all the notes, everything they need. Because by doing that, we just, we lower the time hurdle. And so it, it brings it into the range of, of the possible for them to be able to do it, right? If, it, it's, if it's gonna take them three hours to do, they're never gonna find the white space. It's just not gonna happen. Right. But if right. you can lower that to like an hour, that's doable. That's, that's, Hey, like we have to show up at the armory at 4am for a range that's at 8am. Like, okay, you know what? <laughs> we could knock it out. Right. You know, in that time block, you know, it, it just, it makes it possible and it, it makes it, it, it possible for military leaders to do something that they already want to do. Yes. Yeah. You're just providing the platform and the opportunity for them to just, just fit it right into their slotted into their schedules that are already, you know, where you said there's some wiggle room sometimes. So if you can get it in a way that they can just consume it in a quick, rapid way and just get it going, that might be just enough, the trick to get them to be able to help their soldiers just be stronger and, and, you know, more capable all around. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I uh, want to thank you for your passion for leveraging personal finances to better the lives of our service members. This is important for our military service members to be finance savvy, but also for our leadership, um, our military leadership, to be able to learn how to guide them with patience and understanding. Listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Brendan Dubner and his nonprofit, Life Skills for Soldiers, you can connect through social media at Life Skills for Soldiers. Stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Brendan and learn more about Life Skills for Soldiers and their mission to solve the military's personal finance problem by providing commanders tools to stand up unit programs. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We're continuing our conversation with Brendan Dubner, and we have been talking about his nonprofit, Life Skills for Soldiers. Let's jump back into the conversation. I'm so excited to learn some more because I feel like this is such an incredible program to offer to leadership in order to really help their um, soldiers and service members just um, change their lives. It really could change their lives and change um not only financially, but like you were saying before, some of their personality struggles that stem from um, feeling out of control with your finances. Okay, so let's dig into the details. I'd love to know a little bit more about how you prepare leaders to teach their troops. 
Yeah. So, so what we do is we have kind of two methods. One is we'll work with uh, individuals directly. Like if you go to our website right now, lifeskillsforsoldiers.org, if you're a military leader, you can access classes and, and get started right now. Uh, and, and the other thing that we do is we work with units and, and we set up pilots and, and it's a little more hands-on, but essentially it, it's the same thing all, all, all across the board in that we Put leaders through um, some online training, which I know is is a bad word. Nobody likes online training. Track and all. I, I know. I got it. But, um, you know, I, I swear this is different. You know, and, and the way that we we structure the classes is 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 um, it's uniform throughout. And, and it's it was really conceived by when I was at uh, Wharton for my MBA. I, I was fortunate to cross paths with a professor there by the name of uh, Wendy De La Rosa. She's a big researcher in uh, personal finance for underserved communities. And you know, working with her, we were able to build kind of a structure that 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 works. And and essentially, what the structure is is no matter what the class is about, we'll start with with a uh, with a case study, just showing like, hey, all right, you have person A who saves 10% of their income and invests in the SMP. And, you know, what does this look like over 20 years? Oh, look at that. You know, they are a millionaire or close to it. And then you have person B who, who doesn't, or they invest in the G fund or whatever it is. And, you know, the different outcomes. So we start with the case study, something to, to help uh, service members understand like, okay, what, like what is the, so what, what's the, the, the bottom line up front. Then we go into the, the course overview, actually teaching whatever the, the class is about uh, for the TSP classes is going over the different funds uh, for a budgeting class. This is talking about the 50, 30, 20 rule of budgeting, like stuff like that. Uh, then we go into a practical exercise because we know, you know, service members are generally competitive, which is great. We love that. And, awesome. and so we, we had some gamification. <laughs> exactly. You know, we had some gamification. We were like, hey, we, we structured so where, you know, service members can get with their, their NCO, their, 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 their uh, section, whatever. And uh, they can have a little competition on, on, on whatever the topic is. Like, let's, let's construct a portfolio. Let's see how the returns do over time. Let's, you know, see how much money we'd, we would make theoretically, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end is the most important section. We call it the, the putting it in action section. Mm -hmm. So this is where we turn theory into practice. And it's no longer about, okay, here, we're going to learn about the TSP. We're going to play this little game. Now it's like, okay. Here's a QR code, scan it. Let's set up your online TSP account. Okay, now your account's set up. Like now let's let's look at the different funds. How do you want to allocate your funds based off of the money you already have in here? Okay, now how do you want to allocate future dollars? Like we, we, you know, that's the most critical part. That's the actually setting it up in that moment. Now that you know something, now that uh, you've got some background in it. And it's not setting up like, hey, if you set this up now, you're never going to be able to change it. it. It's really just about getting something set up and getting, you know, getting the, 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 the ball rolling, if you will. Right. And almost getting that experience of it's kind of overwhelming to figure out where do I go? How do I get my, you know, how do I get it set up? What do I do next? How do I know which things to choose? And so really just by walking them through that initial setup process and saying, okay, this is not so scary. This is not so intimidating. You can do this. You have the ability to do this. You know, you're smart enough for it. This is awesome. You've got it. You know, just a little bit of that coaching, I would imagine goes a long way. Oh yeah, Ab absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So far we've been talking about the leaders and we've been talking about soldiers or service members. Um, because we're a mission mill spouse, I kind of want to ask a few more questions that um, fit a little bit more. Most of our audience are mill spouses. And 
I'm curious to know, because this sounds like it's taking place during training time, during work hours. Um, do you think it's important to involve military spouses in solving this problem? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, we think, we think it is, we think it's, it's critical, you know, in, in a household there, there's, it's not just about what the service member wants, right? It's a, there, it, there's a team and, and most of the time, frankly, if, if we're being honest, you know, in the, in the army, we'd call uh, the, the spouse, you know, household six. And I know the Navy mm -hmm. has their term and, and the Marine Corps has theirs and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, we think it, it's, it's super important. Um, and that's why, one, anytime we work with units, we recommend to them, hey, like, you know, I know you can only really do this during training hours or during the day or whatever, but as much as possible, you should open this up to spouses and, and you know, get them involved. We also encourage, like, just like I said, you know, when you when a search member is, goes through the putting in action section and kind of gets things set up for the first time, it's not like, okay, you're set up and you're, you're done forever. It's more like, hey, all right, good job. You set something up. Like now... Make sure you talk to, if you have one, go talk to your spouse about it. See how they feel about it and see, you know, what they think. Um, you know, show maybe them. You, you show them what you did today. <laughs> show them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Two brains are, are better than one. Um, and now we're even working with um, some of the family readiness uh, groups on their own. And, and, I, and you know, I, I misspoke a little bit earlier. I said, you know, if you go to our website right now and you're a military leader, you can access our courses. It's the same thing. If you're a military spouse, uh, same thing. You can go to our website, uh, put in that you're a military spouse, and you you also get access to the courses. So, you know, we are not only focused on the service member. Uh, we we we. We think spouses are, are are critical in this, and as we want to include them uh, as well. I think that sounds. Um, I love how you said two two brains are better than one. I think that sounds like the way to go. If you have two of you in your household, um, two of you making those decisions is even more empowering generally. <laughs> and I think sometimes <laughs> those finance questions or finance discussions can be hard when you're not used to having those conversations with your spouse, and so that might also just crack open the door a little bit on those conversations that are sometimes hard to have because you may not see eye to eye with your spouse on some finance things. I mean, I always see eye to eye with my husband, but no, just kidding. <laughs> we do not always see eye to eye. And so, you know, those early conversations in our marriage were sometimes really awkward and difficult. And so what an awesome way to just open that door a little, make it easier and softer for um, spouses to have the conversation and probably smooth some other um, you know, conversations, you know, further, further into their future. So ah, I'm very excited about this. I'm excited that spouses can um, connect on your website too. Okay. Yeah, what absolutely. do you, oh, sorry. Um, what do you think benefits <laughs> would be of solving the military's personal finance problem? I mean, I have some ideas of what could be, but I'd love to hear what you really think um, some of those um, benefits would be. You know, personally, I think just based off of, of my time in the military, based off of the feedback we've been getting, you know, we've been at this for almost four years. The first, you know, two to three of them, we were very much, we had no idea what we were doing, but, um, you know, we think the benefits are, are kind of far reaching and, and honestly, a little beyond our comprehension at this point. I mean, this is such a pervasive problem, right? Like right. the, the, 
the most recent military family advisory network survey, or the 2021 one at least, uh, you know, said 22% of currently serving families and 38% of veteran families have $500 or less in savings. That's like one car breakdown away from right. needing to go into debt, right? right? There's the 2020 Status of Forces survey said that 60% of military families don't have enough savings to cover three months of living expenses. And it's like, okay, what's the so what of this? Okay, understood. Uh, military personal finance situation is not that great. What's the so what? The so what is things like, you know, in, tw in 2020, 29% of junior enlisted faced food insecurity. A third of our junior enlisted were, were having trouble getting enough food. That is absurd, right? And, and all right. of these, all of these things affect affect people in a multitude of ways. We think, you know, if you can solve this problem or at least materially improve it, you're going to have less issues at home. You're going to have mm -hmm. less food insecurity. You're going to have less stress. You're going to have less missed work time. You're going to have less disciplinary issues. You're going to have more productivity. You're going to have more retention because people are going to have a better experience in the military. You know, and, and, and when it all boils down to is you're going to have meaningful, and I mean, I, I, I really... I truly believe you're going to have huge increases in readiness and you're going to see across the board. You know, I think uh, the H2F, the holistic health and fitness program that the army is rolling out, you know, has financial wellness as one of the pillars of wellness. And just like all the other pillars of wellness, when you can fix those foundational things, the second and third order effects are huge. I would argue, you know, that so many of the other issues the military has, like things around SHARP, things around EO, things around a number of other topics will also be greatly diminished because people more often than not are doing those things when they're not in, in, in a good state, when they're not in a good mindset. And, and so if you can fix those root issues of which I think again, based off of my experience in the military, personal finance was the root issue the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really think if you can fix that, you'll see improvements across the board. I agree with you. I'm, that's why I'm glad that we could feature you today because I think that this could be transformative to our military. Before we go to our last two questions, I want to give you the opportunity. Is there anything that you haven't said that you think you um, is really important for our listeners to hear? Um. You know, I, I think all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I think we've been having a great conversation. I'm I'm so glad uh, you you had me on. Um, I think the one thing I, I I would love to just call out is that you know this is this is a this is such a big problem and, and such a different way of looking at the problem than what the military does. That it takes everybody's effort, right? This is not mm -hmm. something that that life skills for soldiers is going to solve on its own, right? This, this requires everybody. And, and that could look like, you know, if you're interested in joining the team, that's, that's something you do. Even if it's just, you know, talking to your service member, talking to the commander of your unit, bringing it up at your FRG group, writing your uh, politician or, or whatever it is, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, I just want to say like, this is one of those things that I truly believe that like, every single person, um, can play a, a real material part in, in helping make something like this happen. I love it. So go get involved and start requesting you <laughs> from the bottom up, from the bottom <laughs> up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Life skills for soldiers. Let's, let's start. I like transform, let's transform our military. 
Um, okay. Well, Brendan, where can listeners go to find more information about your mission? Uh, well, we've got a few places. You can go to our website, www.lifeskillsforsoldiers.org. Uh, we're also on social media. We are, we've got a pretty big following on Instagram, uh, at Life Skills for Soldiers. We're on LinkedIn, same thing, Life Skills for Soldiers. Um, you know, I, I think those are probably uh, the main three channels. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really encouraged by your work that you're doing. As we wrap up our conversation, one question we always ask our guests is, what is one piece of advice that you would give our listeners to navigate military life with respect to your area of expertise? Oh, um, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I would, I would definitely uh, double tap it in terms of when it comes to money, you know, Oftentimes, it's one of those topics that most of the time it just feels awkward. Uh, oftentimes, people are embarrassed that they don't know they don't know about their finances. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they should do. It feels intimidating. Uh, I'd say the most important piece of advice, just like when you're setting off to do that that twelve mile ruck march, or just when you arrived at basic training, or just when you arrived at let's say special forces selection, whatever it is, the the most, uh, the biggest piece of advice I'd say is just, just get started. Just take the first step and just, you'll see very quickly um, how much improvement you're able to make and how profound of an effect it has. Because again, like, like we said throughout this conversation, money is one of those things that it, it's just a tool but that tool, if you have it, can can will affect so many other facets of your life. So, just just get started. I think that's excellent advice. Get started. Take the first step, Brendan. It's been really amazing having you on our show today. Thank you for sharing more about life skills for soldiers. I'm so encouraged, and I hope that um, our listeners start pushing. Uh, up from the from the bottom. Hey, we want to partner with Life Skills for Soldiers, or we want to volunteer, or this is something that's needed across the board. I hope that um, we start seeing a movement happen from a grassroots level. Financial skill sets are always important to learn. Um, it sounds like your program will help build better leaders and a stronger military. Thank you for serving our community and for sharing your resource with our listeners. Thank you again. Thank you really so much for having me. This was this was awesome. Thank you again to today's guest, Brendan Dubner. We wish him all the best as he continues to grow Life Skills for Soldiers. And now back to our hosts. Wow, another amazing interview as expected. Thanks again to Brendan Dubner for joining us this week and sharing about Life Skills for Soldiers. If you want more information about this nonprofit, check out their website, www.lifeskillsforsoldiers.org or find them on social media at Life Skills for Soldiers. All right, Morgan, what stood out to you in this interview? So I am super blessed to have a very financially savvy husband. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> yes. Um, and we have had our share of heavy conversations yes. about my lack thereof. Um, <laughs> but I am a huge, like I have such a burden for um, like mentorship. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea of kind of sitting down one-on-one and, and just being there to be a help and to help guide um, these soldiers and their spouses through to, you know, financial stability and just yeah. good lifing skills 
And I'm like all about that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what everyone needs within the military or on the outside. On the outside too. Yeah. I feel like when we went through high school, these are skills we should have been taught. And maybe some high schools or high schools are doing it, but I certainly wasn't taught certain skills that, you know, were actually applicable when you got outside of school. And then I kind of like, you know, you flounder and you end up racking up debt and credit because you don't know any better or, you know, all these crazy things. You're not saving for big purchases because it's too easy to spend that money. I mean, there's just so many, so many things as young adults that I feel like we could have avoided if we had just learned it a little earlier. So I'm, I'm happy that there are these like, oh my gosh, finally reaching out <laughs> to the soldiers and their spouses alike. I did love that he, um, you know, we discussed, okay, well, how can the spouses, you know, help out with this? And yeah, of course, if you have a soldier that has a spouse or a, um, a service member that has a spouse at home, like they're going to have to have conversations about money. Like that's right. a huge part of marriage. It's like balancing that, like making sure you're, you know, keeping everything in check. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. Growing up, I was always told that finances is one of the biggest like issues within a marriage. Yes. And so I, I, I was just like raising my hand. I'm like, Oh yes. Preach it. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it always ends up that way where you, you marry somebody who looks at money differently than you do, or was like brought up and raised differently about money. You know, like maybe you were brought up in a family that wasn't really frugal and that they were able to go out to dinner frequently. And then you marry someone who's like, they're pinching those pennies and right. rarely yeah. leaves house, yeah. the house or whatever. So yeah. And um, it can be hard to um, mesh those two lives in that area. Oh, for sometimes sure. Because for me, I'm the spender and I love, I will spend money on food <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> yes. And I, cause I enjoy, I enjoy the experience of food and coffee. And, um, I love buying gifts for other people. And anyway, I just love to go shopping. That's just me. And my (laughs) husband's more like, if we save all this money, we can buy one big thing. And I'm like, but I don't really want the big thing. (laughs) I want all the hundreds of tiny things. (laughs) Um, but since we've gotten married, we've, we've been able to like, kind of find a middle ground or like a balance between both of our outlooks, not really necessarily changing either one of them. But just having the communication to say, well, this is our goal and we're, we share this goal, even though we have different views on finances. Yes. Like you just, as long as you're both on that same page and you both agree, like this is what we're doing. I think that that's the best way to go forward with that because we've definitely had some discussions in our, our marriage as well about, you know, those coffee runs. And (laughs) I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you some cash and, you know, like, and this is going to be for your coffee runs. And when you run out, you run out. (laughs) But that was not me. I was not the coffee girl. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we've gained some incredible insights from our guests, let's transition into one of my favorite segments where we discuss some Mission Mill Spouses empowering resources. It's time for Resource Recon. Today, we'll highlight a recent blog post called The Late Night Talking. Nick Skegnelli writes... Journaling has been something that I value in my life deeply, and I wish I did it more honestly. Whenever I have a challenging day, it is so cathartic to write all my thoughts and feelings onto the page. Everyone should give keeping a journal or a diary a chance, since the mental effect is so incredible and honestly not talked about enough, in my opinion. 
He goes on to discuss how journaling can be like a great late night chat with a close friend and how much lighter you could feel afterwards. Such a fun way of looking at it. Do you journal, Chrissy? So I actually don't journal, but I, I do remember journaling when I was younger and it did feel exactly like that. Like I was spewing all of my feelings and emotions out to like a close friend, you know, no one's going to read it necessarily, but I was just getting out what I was feeling at that moment. And it felt good. Like just to get it down on paper. What about you? I I don't currently either. It's actually funny because a few days ago I was like, you know what? I should pick up journaling again. Um, (laughs) I have, I just, sometimes it's easier. Well, you have those thoughts and you have those things on your heart and stuff. Sometimes you don't really want to share out loud with people, Correct. but they weigh heavy on your heart and being able to write them down helps a lot. Um, I think when, when I was in college, I had gone through kind of a tough time and that's when I journaled like all the time. Um, I think my mistake though, was there was no balance of, um, like joy and gratefulness. And so it was all of my complaints on a piece of paper Mm. and it was not helping me at all. Um, but I, I do enjoy, I did enjoy it. It did help a lot to have kind of someone or something that would listen to me without necessarily giving me advice. I didn't want in the moment. Um, and so it was really great. And I think I do actually, I am going to pick it back up again because I think that with our seasons and stuff, it's, it's kind of fun to even look back and say, man, I was feeling these things, but I got through it. And now I'm better. So true. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah. I've grown. Yeah. That is so, that's so good that you said that because I remember speaking with a friend recently, we'll just call her Jane. And, um, I remember her saying that she started blogging with mission mill spouse because she was going through a rough time and she needed to find a positive spin because she knew she couldn't put it out there into the world in a negative way. And, um, so yeah, so she needed to put those words down on paper, but find a way to find a positive spin with it. And it actually helped her, you know, kind of guide through those, those things like, okay, it could be worse or whatever the positive spin was. I mean, that's not necessarily always the best positive spin (laughs) because yeah, it could most likely always be worse, but it was one of those things that just like getting it down on paper and pushing her to, like say all this bad stuff happened, but you know, like this other bad stuff didn't happen or right. this good stuff did come from it. And so, yeah, yeah so awesome. cool. Yeah. Well, you know, the famous saying time flies when you're empowering military spouses. As we near this episode's conclusion, remember that we release not just one, but two podcast episodes per week. Tune in each Thursday for a shorter version of our podcast when our command team members get personal and chat about their lessons, lives, and challenging moments within their military spouse lives. Mark your calendars for our next full-length episode when we chat with Kai Matsko about green care for troops. This is a topic that I don't think enough mill spouses actually know about, so it's definitely going to be a great addition to our podcast archives. As we wrap up, we want to invite you to consider joining us on our mission. We're always seeking volunteers to support different parts of our team, whether it be blogging or any command team openings. You can find more information on our website under the Get Involved menu. All spouses from all branches and all components are welcome. 
Finally, if you have a resource that applies to military spouses, inquire about being a guest on our podcast. Our seasons book up quickly, so don't wait. Email hello at missionmillspouse.org or send us a direct message on any social media outlet. Whether you're stateside, overseas, or temporarily living in a hotel with your service member, two dogs, a cat, and three kids, please remember, we're here to help you navigate your military life journey. We are cheering you on. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember, we've been there. You are not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.